Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and this is Ascension Presents. So years ago, I remember reading um, in high school or college about how when people were raising elephants, but not in the wild, but in captivity, like in a circus or something like this, how they would train them to stay put, essentially. You, what you do is you take a baby elephant and you tie a rope to that elephant, and then you take the other end of the rope and tie it to a stake pounded into the ground. Now, the baby elephant, because it's not as strong as a full-grown elephant, would, would strain against the rope and strain against that stake and be unable to move. So that what the elephant did was when, the, when it grew up, it wouldn't pull against the rope, wouldn't pull against the stake. Even though, as a full-grown elephant, it could easily pull the stake out of the ground. As a full-grown elephant, it could easily basically walk wherever it wanted to. But it had learned, when it was a baby elephant, that no, no matter how hard you work, no matter what you do, you're stuck here. They had learned helplessness. What will happen is a lot of times I'll run into people who kind of go through life with this same mentality. Because of their situations, because of things that have happened to them, because they, maybe because they've tried again and again and again and they haven't experienced any kind of change, what they've learned is, no matter what I do, um, I'm always gonna be the victim. No matter what I do, I'm always going to have a lack of power. No matter what I do, nothing changes. And they've learned helplessness. And some people who have learned helplessness begin to have this thing they call a pessimistic explanatory view of the world. And the pessimistic explanatory view of the world is oftentimes permanent, it's personal, and it's pervasive. It's permanent, things will never change. It's personal, it's probably all my fault. And it's pervasive, everything I touch turns to dog poop, you know, kind of that's the idea. It's, it's permanent, it's personal, it's pervasive. Now, someone could say, well, then the way out of this is to have an optimistic worldview. But that wouldn't be any better. That wouldn't help anything because what's an optimistic worldview? Optimistic explanatory style would be, um, it's not permanent, it's always gonna change. Everything will get better. Well, that's not true. Um, the personal optimistic explanatory view would be, it's never my fault. Well, that's not true either. And the pervasive, optimistic, explanatory view, like everything I touch turns to gold. That's not true. In between the pessimistic explanatory view and the optimistic explanatory view is the realistic explanatory view of the world. Where I can say, permanent, no, this is how it is right now. It doesn't have to stay this way. It can change, it can get better. It's personal, yeah, sometimes I contributed to my own situation, but I didn't, I'm not, in, I didn't fully contribute to this. This isn't all my fault. I'll take responsibility for what I did, but it isn't all my fault. And pervasive in the sense of, yeah, there's some things that I do, I've tried and they, and they uh, kind of turn to dog poop. And some things I've tried and they've turned out well. So it's, it's this realistic explanatory style of looking at the world and, re and recognizing that I might not be able to do everything, but that doesn't mean I can't do anything. I'm gonna say that again. The explanatory style, the realistic worldview is this. Just because I can't do everything doesn't mean I can't do anything. Just because um, I, I don't have everything I hoped for doesn't mean I have nothing to be grateful for. Just because right now the reality of my situation can be incredibly painful, it doesn't mean that it has to stay this way. There is a, a, a doctor, his name is Dr. David Rabin. And he died from ALS at the age of 50 back in 1984. He was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease when he was 45 years old. 
And as a doctor, of course, he knew what was going to happen to his body. Within the first year of his diagnosis, it advanced very, rap advanced very rapidly, and he lost the use of his legs, then he, the use of his upper body. He got to the point where um, he could hardly even speak. A fellow doctor shared with Dr. Rabin that there was a computer program that as long as you had use of one muscle group, you could communicate through this computer program. And so he got one of these computers and he had control, not of his hands or his fingers, not over of his, his body, he had control over one eyebrow. That was the last muscle group that he could use. You could think like, okay, well no, he, he lost his medical practice, he couldn't go to the hospital anymore, um, he could hardly communicate with you through, through his mouth to his friends and family, to anyone. He could say, I can't do everything, therefore I can't do anything. But with one eyebrow and his brain, because he was a smart guy, with one eyebrow in this computer, he was able to communicate with his family and friends, he was able to tell jokes, he was able to have a consulting practice where he would offer tutoring or consulting to medical students. With one eyebrow, in the last four years of his life, he wrote a textbook on endocrinology. Now it would be really easy for Dr. Rabin to say, um, hey, this is permanent, it's personal, it's pervasive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But he was more realistic. Not optimistic, but realistic. I can't do everything, but I can do something. I might not have everything I hoped for, but I do have things to be grateful for. And there's some people I talk to who find themselves in this place where it's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of loss, and that's real. Maybe they've struggled against um, some external force or struggled against some interior force in their life. And they say, well, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, and what I've done right now is I've learned helplessness. Well, you can also learn power. You can also learn freedom. This is remarkable. This is in Romans chapter 13. He says, uh, let's live, let's throw off works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's conduct ourselves properly as in the daytime, not um, in orgies and drunkenness, not in promiscuity and licentiousness, not in rivalry and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. That verse was instrumental in the conversion of a man named St. Augustine. He found himself helpless in the face of his own internal demons, in the face of his own internal battle with sin. And he read that verse. Don't live in darkness, but put on the armor of light. You can walk in the daytime. Christ is giving you grace. You don't have to, you don't have to be a victim of your situation. You don't have to be, even be a victim of your own self. Augustine had learned helplessness, and in this moment, when, with God's grace, he learned power, he learned strength, and he learned what it was to walk in freedom. If you find yourself in a place of helplessness today because you can't do everything, or because you feel stuck, I invite you, even though you can't do everything, you can do something. And even though you might not have everything you've hoped for, you do have something to be grateful for. Even though you can't move like you used to, you can still move even if it's just with one eyebrow. From all of us here at Ascension Presents, my name is Father Mike. God bless.